0: When we ask God, with nothing doubting, nothing wavering in our faith, we go to Him with our petitions and we request things and He begins intervening on behalf of us. There is the miraculous that can be seen. There are miracles, signs, and wonders, but it also hinges upon us having the faith to pray the prayer. There is nothing our God can't do. They've sung about it already here this evening. There's nothing too hard for our God, for it's all in Jesus' name. And it's in Jesus' name that there are and there will be the miraculous. There will be miracles. But the question becomes, and not when I begin to pray, and I don't know if it's a, if you're the same way, but when I begin to pray the prayer, it's not that I have doubt that He can. But just to be honest with you, I struggle sometimes I'm not too confident and always in that he will. I don't have a problem praying the prayer and knowing that God can. He can do absolutely anything. But I don't think I'm by myself, but I've been guilty. I've prayed the prayer. God, I know you can, but I don't always have the confidence, Bishop, that he will. Why is that? God, I know you can. I've seen you move. I realize it, I've experienced it, but sometimes we're just in this flesh and we allow doubt to come in and we don't have the complete confidence in Brother Jonathan that he will. But God responds to our faith. See, it's in Exodus that we're introduced to this God that's called the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals And it's from that time on that we began seeing miracle after miracle. Even in the Old Testament, before Christ was ever here in the the Gospels, where it was miracle after miracle, we still see how God performed the miracles. We still see how he answered prayers. And Jeremiah had one of those prayers that he was praying in Jeremiah chapter 32. And it's a prayer that I've had that I just alluded to there. That again, God, I know that you can, but I'm just not so sure that you will. And as Jeremiah began praying there in chapter 32, and I don't have time to read the whole thing, he he begins to lay it out there before God. He said, I know you can. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've even prophesied. God, of you answering prayers? But then he gets the response of Jesus God himself. And he says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for my God? But see, it's after we pray the prayers, when we're looking for the answers to the prayer requests, when we're looking for healings, when we're looking for salvation for a loved one, it's in those times that are often, as a Christian, the hardest. That's where the challenge often comes from because God often puts us and Oh, He does me. He puts me in the waiting room. I don't like the waiting room. I don't understand the waiting room. God, I believe your word. I've seen where you've performed the miraculous. I've seen where you've answered prayers instantly. But, God, you often seem to put Nick in the waiting room, waiting for the answers, still trusting, but still not understanding in my finite mind. God, why aren't you intervening? Why aren't these situations changing? Why aren't these families being restored? Why aren't these walking? Why isn't the cancer smitten? Why, God? Testing our faith putting us in a place of simply waiting. But often it's in that waiting as Christians, as followers of God, when knowing that God has the answers. It's in that waiting that often our mind starts playing tricks on us. God gets us there and we're in this time of waiting. He's trying to mold us. He's trying to shape us. And then all at the same time, often we see our joy begin to minimize. We see our peace begin to dissipate. God, I know you're not the author of the confusion, but I just don't understand. God, why am I here in this time of waiting? We've heard it preached. We've heard it taught. We've often memorized this scripture. as one of our first scriptures we ever memorized there in Isaiah 40 and 31, where it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But God, I don't like the wait. I don't like the wait, God. I don't understand it. I see the principles in the Word of God. I understand there's a process to things that you're trying to do in my life. But God, I don't like the waiting room. God, I know you can. I've got the confidence. But God, you've got us in this place of waiting. I struggle with the waiting. But he's saying, during the waiting, will you still trust me it's often in the waiting room that our anxiety builds our our uncertainty builds sometimes our faith begins to get get shaken a bit brother todd it's in that place of waiting god i just don't quite understand but often he's placing us he's putting us in a place place of complete and undeniable trust in him and I feel in the last few days, as pastor asked me just a few days ago, things had been turning in my spirit, and he said, I want you to, to minister Sunday night. And, and I knew exactly where I was going and, and what I was to be studying and reading and, and, and looking into, and God says, hey, I want you to bring this, and I want you to understand and, and get a few things across to my people. But there's a reason for the waiting. There's a place of waiting, and there's a time for it. But I want you to, he said, I want you to explain to him there's just a few things. While we're waiting on the miracle, we have to understand a few things. And the first thing is, is he's often trying to position us to a place for the miraculous. The position. Can everyone say the position? God, I might not just be in the right place at the right time. I'm not in the right position for the miraculous, for the miracle, for the prayer to be answered. Someone needs to hear me here this evening and, and, and understand that, that I have to go through some things. Sometimes I have to go through the fire they just sung about. Sometimes there's pain, there's doubt, there's this seasons that even Bishop alluded to this morning. Sometimes we have seasons, the waiting room. Sometimes we're in those places where we don't understand our fleshly mind. We just don't understand, God, why the waiting He wants me to let somebody know that it's all that he's trying to position us to where he needs us. He's trying to mold things in our life. He's trying to place us in a position to where the miraculous can and will take place. Where the prayer request will be answered. So God, what is that position that you're trying to do in my life? I understand in this day and age, with all the uncertainty and the chaos, different things taking place. It seems almost hour by hour, day by day, we get prayer needs. We hear about prayer needs, but Eddie, we hear about these prayer requests in this situation, and that situation, and they're just just life is taking place. Sometimes it gets hard. It gets hard. Our faith gets tried. God, we're praying for this need, we're praying for this miracle. This situation needs to take place. Our faith gets shaken just a bit. Just being real with you this evening. We're there, but then here comes another text message. Here comes another phone call. Here comes somebody else coming with something where need after need after need, and God's still saying, "I'm just trying to position something." And could it be, as Pastor brought us this morning, that I'm just trying to position and prepare things for my kingdom to truly come? We pray thy kingdom come as it is a positioning that I'm not allowing God to move in the miraculous and the needs in my life. And could it be a position that he's trying to get you placed in this evening? Please hear me. It's in our most desperate times that bring our greatest revelation, really, of who He is. It's in that greatest need, that despair, that those times where we're just not understanding, when He's got us in that waiting room, when He's got us there not answering, doesn't seem like nothing's moving. It's in those times that greatest revelation of God are really realizing who it is that you are. So what's my position What is it he's trying to shape in my life? Because see, when we're in the familiar, when we're in the known, when we know what's going on, when we understand things, when I'm in control, when it's things I can fix that I've been praying about, my faith can't grow. When I'm in a place where there's a need, there's something that I can't physically do. I'm trying to correct things. I'm trying to fix it. God's saying your faith can't grow because you haven't truly needed me. You haven't truly, completely trusted me. You haven't completely handed those things, that situation, that matter over to me. Because it's in, again, that place of desperate times when real revelation comes at who God is. So I ask you, when's the last time you really needed God? We understand spiritually and with salvation, Brother Marshall, we understand we need God. We need Him every day. But really in this Western society and in the day-to-day activities where many of us rarely need anything, we have roofs over our heads. We have pantries full of food. We have jobs to go to tomorrow. If you don't, there's plenty in Lexington. If you want a job, let me preface that for just a moment. Brother Stoney. But again, when's the last time you really needed God for something? Everything's going good. Everything's going well in my life. Everything's going well. God, our kids are good. We've blessed God. You've touched us, Lord. I've got money in my wallet. I can go and I can do and I can be. When's the last time we really needed God? What is it He's trying to position? What is it that He's trying to mold in our life? Most, most oftentimes, He's trying to force things because we're stubborn. He puts us in that place that waiting. That place He's trying to position us. Because again, this flesh, this flesh, I want to control things. I want to fix it. And God said, let me, let me take those things, but do you completely trust? No matter the outcome, He wants us to be positioned in a place that we fully and completely trust in Him. Because it's these times in the waiting room, it's these seasons. It's these seasons we don't understand. It's these seasons that we don't like. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and you often hear this at a funeral service preached where it talks about a time for this and a time for that. There's all these different seasons. It says to everything in verse 1, to everything. Can everyone say everything? To everything, every season, everything we're going through, there is a season. See, a season, let us understand there's a start and a finish to a season. There's a start and a finish and a time for every purpose. Can we say every purpose? I don't like every purpose. I don't understand every purpose, God. I don't understand why I'm in this place of waiting. I don't understand the purpose, God. But everything has a season. It's a beginning. It's a start. It's a finish. But here's where Nick struggles. Often I get lost in the season. I get lost in the valley. I'm walking through this season, this defined time of start and finish, and it's through that that I'm trying to navigate, and I get lost. I get distracted by the season that I'm in. And often my eyes get turned away from the one that can help me through the season. But it's the distractions, it's the distractions of the season that it gets my eyes off of the one that can deliver and help bring me through that time in my life it's when my eyes are not on him and it's why I am waiting that he's asking me will you completely trust me with that whatever that is that just come to your mind that's what he's wanting you to ask to completely trust him with tonight and I know all across this building that, that 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 has already come across your mind will you release that to him I feel like that season is coming to an end in many situations, in many circumstances, but he's asking you, will you complete me, trust me? Will you get your eyes back on me and not what you can do and what you can fix, but will you release that? Understand, a season, again, has a start and it has a finish. And he's realigning us here this evening. He's asking, he's challenging us, will you realign what you've been looking at? Will you realign and reposition yourself to where I can release the miraculous in your life. Because of Jeremiah, again, he said, that, verse 27, there, is there anything too hard for him? That, that thing that comes to your mind, that thing that's been heavily on you here in recent days, recent weeks, and many of you have been dragging it along with you way too long. God's asking, Will you, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that you can't just completely release to me and let that season come? To an end. Bob Beecham, he tells us in Proverbs 3 and 5, will you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Will you lean not to your own understanding and your finite mind when we're trying to fix things and we're trying to help God alone? He's asked you, will you trust me? Will you trust me with that thing? Psalms 28 and 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. First Samuel 2 and 2. There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. That's the one that we're asking. Will you completely trust me? Because there's nobody like our God. We have to get positioned to receive the answer. To receive that miracle. We have to be positioned to a place of complete trust. Because we realize throughout the Gospels when we began reading about the ministry and the life of Jesus, all through the Gospels we see a tracking where they begin keeping a ledger called the Word of God, the Gospels. During His ministry, page after page, miracle after miracle, healing after healing, we see it, we read it, where He was constantly performing the miracle. Whether it was a spiritual need or a spiritual healing and, and, and forgiving people of their sins and, and putting them into the kingdom, but most often, Most of the time it was physical healings. This is really where we struggle. We don't understand that there's a mystery to the healings of physical healings. We read about it, we see it, but God, help me to completely trust you. Not just for my salvation healing. This is going to be our focus for the next few moments while we finish. He's asking us, will we trust him with physical healing? Healings. Will you completely trust me? It's in Luke chapter 8. We read about a woman with an issue of blood. They had battled with this for way too long. And it says in verse 43, And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. Can everyone say 12 years? She had this physical healing. She'd been in this waiting room a long, long time. 12 years, which had spent all of her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any came behind him and he touched, she touched the hem. She touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood was gone. It was complete. It was healed simply by touching the hem of his garment. And Jesus asked, who touched me? And When all had denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude has thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou, who touched me? They're asking, you got to be kidding. We're in, a, we're in a mass of people. We're moving through here. But no, but somebody... He knew somebody had touched him. Somebody had positioned himself for their season to come to an end. Somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of my body. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him, before all the people for that cause, she had touched him. And how she was immediately healed. She was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith, which is thy trust, your hope, your confidence in realizing who it was that you were trying to get close to. She had positioned herself and your faith has made you whole. It's in the waiting room. Twelve years in the waiting room. It was a long season for this lady. There's many of you here tonight that you've been in that waiting room, you've been in that season for way too long. God's shown me and He's told me, I'm going to end some seasons in some people's lives tonight if they're willing to completely trust me. It could have been weeks, it could have been months, it could have been 12 years. But He's telling us if we'll position ourselves for the Master, This had gotten to a bad place. She's now positioned on the ground. There's there's many people around the master. She finds herself on the ground. No doubt in a humiliating type of position. But she realized that position was what was gonna bring her miracle. She was at his feet, not the most popular place, but she had a burning desire for that season. To end, and it was that faith, that unwavering, doubting faith in her mind. She'd spent everything, but she'd come to where her season was going to have an ending. Her miracle, her miracle was there, positioned at the feet of the Master. So, again, where's our position? Has our eyes gotten off the king, that thing, that 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 we've been walking with, that we've been facing, that we've been taking with us way too long? What's our position? The second thing is, as God said, let people know that there is a when. W-H-E-N. There is a when. See, the word when indicates that there is a specific time and an ending. Throughout the Scripture, you'll you'll read over 523 times the word when, and it was specifically when the Lord. Somewhere in that verse, it'll say when the Lord. Again, it's in that waiting room. We don't always know that if it's going to be today or next week or next year or when this season, when this miracle is going to take place. We don't understand it. We don't know. But God's saying there is a when. There's a place, there's a designated time and a place where there will be change. In your situation, there will be miracles. There will be miracles. Exodus 12 and 25 says, And it shall come to pass when you become to the land which is the Lord, according to His promises, when the Lord promises began to be fulfilled. Exodus 13 and verse 11 says, And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land. When that promise comes about, It's in the wind. Luke 7 and verse 13 says, And when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her. There is a wind to that season. That wind, when there's going to be some kind of change. We hear of the word wind so often preached and taught in Luke 22 and verse 32. It says, But I have prayed for thee. Simon, I've prayed for you that your faith fell not. It wasn't necessarily just a physical miracle that was needing to take place. They're talking of here, but there was some emotional, there was some psychological healings that needed to take place here. And when thou art converted, I've prayed for you. Your faith has gotten wavered a little bit. I'm talking directly to some people this evening. Your faith has gotten wavered a little bit. The battle's been real. The season has been real. We felt it. We've experienced it. He says, hey, when thou art converted, when you've been completely restored, I want you to strengthen others with that testimony that you've been through. Simon, I want you, when you're healed, when you're completely restored to the place that you need to be in, when that faith is re-strengthened, I want you to help somebody else have their win moment. There's many of us here this evening. We've seen the miraculous. We've seen healings. We've had, we've had the confidence. We've been on the other side of the victory. He's want us to use those wins. To help somebody else get their win, their designated time and their moment. He wants us to help someone get their victory. understand that God's not trying to figure things out as they come. With everything going on in this world and this, this day and age and, and all the uncertainties and fears and just you name it, it's there. We understand that. God's not trying to figure this thing out as it goes. We enter seasons, we enter times, we understand that the things are happening, and we're, we're like, okay, God, where are you? Do you know what's going on? I'm still down here. I'm needing this miracle. I'm needing these things moved and shifted in my life. He's not trying to figure these things out again as it goes. He knows the end from the beginning. as the pastor said earlier, we already've we, won. We, we have the victory. But it's in these seasons. We don't always have the confidence that he's going to do it for me. God, i got faith. I want to pray for others. I want to pray for their situation and their need. I want to believe for their restoration. I want to believe for them, God. But Nick struggles to pray and believe it for myself. I struggle. I believe there's those win moments. And he showed me, no, no doubt, there, many of you are going to have your win moment tonight. He's wanting to ask you if you'll completely trust me, if you'll let your faith rise. If you'll realize that he's still in control and that he's not distracted himself, but often we get distracted. He's just asking, if you'll just simply realign yourself and look at me. Put those things back into my hands. There will be miracles. He knows what's best for me. We've, many of us have been tried. I think we can all say an amen on that. We've been tried. Some of us have just walked through stuff. Just life has happened. Situations have happened. Not understanding things have just happened. We've been through that fire they just sung about. Many of you feel like you're being burned even right now. God, we've prayed the prayers. We've tried to have the faith. We're being tried. God's saying, hey, tonight is your win. Tonight is your win. Brother Nathan, as you come back to the music, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, and I want you to look at this with me. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God of our, and, and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Can everyone say a lively hope? This is who we're praying to. This is the God that can answer the wind. He's the one that gets us in the, out of those seasons, a lively hope, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. Can everyone say through faith? It takes faith. It takes believing. It takes the trusting unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Can everyone say for a season? For a season. If need be, you are in heaviness. Can somebody say, oh me. This is where we've been. We felt the heaviness, and it's been in a season through manifold temptations from stuff. We didn't even know where it was coming from. There's still just stuff coming, just stuff coming. Not sure where that come from, but yeah, it's coming. A heaviness coming, but it's only for a season. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with the fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory in the appearing of Jesus Christ. We've been tried. Simon, Simon, your faith, I've prayed for it. It's been tried. It's been going through the fire. It's been being burned. But it's through your faith, through that lively hope, that we're going to come out pure as gold. There is a win There is a wind that we've come through that fire, we've been tried, we've been purified, and God's been actually using the fire to simply position. He's used the fire, He's using the trials to simply reposition us for our miracle. Don't think I'm alone in this, but I've been tried, I think we can put a check mark by that. We've been through some of those seasons, check We've walked through tough seasons. We've walked through uncertainties. Check. Got our t-shirts for those. We've been through the fire. God, we've even been through that waiting room. But God, I have no doubt there's some wins. that's going to take place here in the next 20 minutes. God, I've got the t-shirt for that. I've got the t-shirt for the discouragement. The uncertainties of faith has been shaken a bit. But there are winds when it's come to pass. When I've walked through that trial, when I've come through, as it relates to gold. See, gold, it might get really hot. Gold might even melt, but it doesn't burn. See, when you put gold in the fire, the impurities began to come out. The impurities began to get burnt out. Things that need to get get removed out of my life, things that he's trying to realign me when I'm being burned, when I'm going through the fire. It might lose, it might shape different. It might be molded a different way. But the gold doesn't burn. I want my win moment. In position, there are winds. And I'm borrowing words from our pastor. We need to declare some things. There will be miracles. There will be signs. There will be wonders. We've got to change our prayers from God. If you feel like it or if you don't mind helping me out, we need to pray declaration prayers. Are you with me this evening? We need to declare some things. Because so when I read the Gospels, nowhere do I read that when he went to do a miracle, when he went to touch somebody, Pastor, I just don't see it that, well, maybe there wasn't any doubt. There was, he didn't look at situations and say, well, I'm not sure if I can do this miracle or if I can help you in this need. He just simply spoke it. He declared things, Brother Toby. We have that same power living within us. It's called the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And he tells us greater things in these shall you do. It's not about us in our flesh. It's not about anything we physically can do. No, it's not, but it is the faith and the belief and the one that's living inside of us. There's nothing too hard for our God. Yeah, he, he wanted, he reminded me, hey, Nick, just start praying declarations. Start praying some declarative prayers. Start praying things to be as they should and leave the rest up to me because he took me back to Calvary. He took me back to that whipping post. Yesterday, as I began reading through that story there and began to realize that he was headed to the cross and he began to show me some things that, that I was there and I was taking that beating. It was not just for your healing spiritually. We get hung up on that, we get fascinated with that, and that was part of it, and I'm grateful for it. It was to restore and make a means to restore our relationship with Him and to be saved. But He also said, Remind my people was also for their physical healings. didn't take that just to be taking it, but I took it as well for their physical healings. Isaiah 53 and 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. First Peter two and twenty four says it by whose stripes you were healed. It was something that was taking place. Of then we are healed. He took that beating that we can pray those declarative prayers with confidence. Nothing wavering. Because here where his Nick gets messed up, and this is where he just kind of raked me across the coast the last few days. He was telling me, he said, "Stop using heaven as a cop-out to pray bold prayers." It's like, okay, what does that mean? He said, oftentimes we pray for the miracle, we pray for the miraculous, but we close it with doubt. God, I know you can heal this body in Jesus' name. But da 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 da. If you don't, we know we have heaven. He says, stop putting doubt in our prayers. God, we smite that sickness in Jesus' name if, okay, we just put doubt back in the same prayer. So the challenge comes when we pray prayers that just say, God, heal this body in Jesus' name, period. I know I'm messing with some of you right now because I feel it. Well, we know there's a heaven. Yes, there's a heaven. We know He doesn't move in our ways and every time that we think it needs to happen right then. But we're guilty of it. He's asking us, leave the answer to the prayer up to me. Don't pray, God, I want you to heal this body and then throw a butt in there or an if or, well, whenever you feel like it, God, or... I've lost half of you right here. Brother Nick hasn't lost his mind. Promise you, church, he showed me some things that we want to pray for things. But we close them with questionable ends to our prayers. He's asking me, Nick, just tell him, just pray things and leave it up to me. We don't have to explain our way out of situations. We do it because of pride. That's why we do it. It's selfishness. I don't want to look like, I don't want to be looked like I put in a bad place. I've been put in the wrong place. And I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith and then I'm gonna cover myself. But God, we still trust you whenever you if it's okay or if it's your will, it's his will. Because he went to that post and took that beating for you. It's completely his will. Just pray the prayer. Period. Leave the rest up to Him. Let's get our pride out of the way. Let's just pray the prayer. Let's just pray the prayer. Declarative prayers. Prayers that aren't scary. Prayers that realize, God, you're still able. And if you're still able, we're going to declare some things and we're going to leave the rest up to you. The timing of things, we got that understanding. We have that understanding. We realize it's going to happen the way He wants it to, but it's still our responsibility. To pray the prayer. Whether spiritual healings or, or physical healings, God is in control. He's in control. Brother Stephen, did I see you walk in? You come join me, Stephen. Come on, brother. Baby's asleep. Sister Misty, you, Misty, you can come up here with him. Come on. Spiritual miracles, there will be miracles. The 70-plus that Pastor alluded to just a few moments ago, just in the last couple of months, during the summer, there will be miracles. These are the spiritual miracles that we're seeing. Brother Marshall, we're seeing things burst. God's asked us, we pray those bold prayers once again for those loved ones that are wayward. We pray those prayers that God, save them, period. God, bring my kids back into the house of God, period. God, stir my spouse, Lord, save their soul, period. God, I'm declaring some things, period. God, let your kingdom come, period. Prodigals come back home, period. Lives being restored, period. Wayward for a period of time. Caught up in the darkness of the world. Strongholds taking place. Being in bondage for a while. But God bring them back home, period. Period. A mother praying for a prodigal, praying for a son to bring them back, period. Let it happen in my family, period. Not no buts, not no ifs, or when you feel like it, God, but let it happen now, period. Come on, somebody. Again, we understand it may not be in our time, but God, I'm declaring it, period. Period. Things are happening. You're on the move. Period. Jerry, will you join me? Bound by the things of this world. Distracted. Uncertainties, fears, anxieties. Mental battles. Things you did not completely understand. Tied up in the things of the world. But God said, let me see if I can restore a life, period. Let me see if I can bring someone back to salvation spiritually, period. Let me see if I can give hope to a situation, period. Let me see if I can bring peace and joy and happiness, period. Let me see if I can bring a mama back into their kid's life, Period. Let me see if I can put a win moment back into someone's life. Because it was just for a season. But that win moment designated a specific time, a specific place. Because God wants to do a miracle spiritually. There's people in this place tonight, you need the Holy Ghost more than anything. Because there's understanding, there's revelation that you you can't understand in our finite mind. There's things you won't understand spiritually without the Holy Ghost. But it's the Spirit of God that brings revelation. It's the Spirit of God that brings understanding. It's the Spirit of God that brings those things to our mind. Tonight's your win moment. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And that hope and that joy and that peace and those prodigals, those declarations are going to be made. Period. There's also physical healings that's going to take place. Period. May not be exactly how we want it. We understand that. But we have to declare things and pray those bold prayers. Many of you are aware of it, and many of you are not, because there's a lot of new people in the last several months, even the last year. Are y'all good? This is your church family. This is why we're here, church. Many of you don't know the story, but there are also physical healings. There's the miraculous. It was about 21 and a half years or so ago that my wife was pregnant with, with Landon. We was walking through this pregnancy and we began, tests began being made, and we began getting reports back that hey, something's not right with the baby. There's there's just some uncertainties, there's some things we're not too excited about. There's some concerns here. But it was a mom Beecham that began speaking things and declaring some things that hey, thank you, mom Beecham. She began speaking that hope and that trust in the Lord. She declared things, and as we went through these things, the reports were coming back, and they were doing additional testing, and ultrasounds, and ultrasounds, and amnio, doing all these things, and it was telling us Landon had Down syndrome. They brought us in, and they began to do the ultrasound. Brother Marshall, I don't know if you're aware of this, but With Landon, they began showing us, here's why we know he has Down syndrome, and they would begin showing you things on the ultrasound, and all the signs were there, you've got a sick baby. But prayers were being made. Mom Beecham began declaring things. I think you all are fully aware Landon was born, and there's no Down syndrome in his body. (laughs) Miraculous things began... To happen. There are and there will be miracles. Brother Jonathan, come on. This is my friend Jonathan. We're fisting a break. You guys got five more minutes? There will be miracles. This is my friend Jonathan. Again, they're recently back here. and I want to have him tell his testimony really quick to you before we pray, but there will be
1: miracles. I love you. Not much of a speaker, but this is not about me. Uh, most of you know me, but about 21 years ago, a 17-year-old lady in an ICU. Told he'd never be walking again. Uh, totally paralyzed from the waist down. They did the surgeries. Uh, doctors said no hope for the walking, just prepare everything for wheelchair. Uh, I was in a hospital for a month, but I had a... I had a grandfather I didn't know anything about this healer that we've been hearing about. I didn't know much about it, been raised around it, but I didn't know the serious seriousness of it. He called me one day, and he was stirred up pretty pretty good. Most of you knew how he was. He brother Plunk could get stirred up pretty good, and he called and said, Jonathan, there's a healer in the house right now I don't care who's in your room you better be ready keep your mind on what I'm telling you but there's a healer in the house and from that day forward there was progress the doctors shook their heads the doctors never understood it in Jesus name thank you lord the doctors would come in and see improvements and they'd say that's not supposed to happen this is not supposed to be happening all the way up to two years after the car wreck. By the way, I was thrown from a car from here to Brother Billy Bray. And busted my back all to pieces and tore my spinal cord up. Uh, I go to visit with the doctors a year after the wreck, year and a half. Come walking in one day, they're all bawling and squalling. This is a miracle. This is not supposed to be happening. And... To this day I could see any of those doctors that was involved in this and they just break down crying and say, This is not supposed to be happening. You just you just really have touched us. And it I can't I can't even begin to tell you all the wonderful things that has come from it. I'm not running, you know, but I work a job every day. I have a wonderful family, but Lord has worked it out the way He wanted to. I had a lot of why. Why? Why this? Why that? And I don't like the waiting room. I don't like the patient part of everything, waiting on Him to do it. That yes, no, or not yet thing. I don't like that sometimes. But when He starts working it out, it's a beautiful thing. And if you don't feel any of that tonight, you need to wake up. He's in here. I've been feeling him since this brother right here started speaking tonight, preaching tonight. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Jesus' name.
0: There was a win. Brother Billy Bray, there was a win. There was a win, and there's going to be another win. A season and a time. A place when there will be miracles. Those that I asked to help me, if you would, would you come and we're gonna set up right here. We're gonna have we're gonna have an old-fashioned prayer line. And there's gonna be some win moments. There's gonna be a time and a season. You know who you are. When you walked into this place, you felt it in your spirit here just a moment ago. Those things that that thing that come to your mind when you realize, okay, God, this is my season. It's coming to an end. That win moment, that win. This is my night. And I've got some brothers and sisters here. They're going to pray for you. And just as an act of faith, if you just pay real close attention to me, I need you to go out around the back.